Welcome to Build. Today, my guest needs no intro. Hello. The OG, the uncle, DC himself, has finally joined the podcast. It only took me 30 episodes to get ready for this. <laughs> Make sure that you were, you were prepared. Yeah. I'm just going to get right into it. Let's go. The question of the day is, have you changed your stance on hiring PMs and MBAs? Oh my MBAs? God, no, I'm leaving this. Goodbye. <laughs> Shut the cameras off. I'm going now. Oh my God. I you can't avoid right it. it. Yep, you did. You said you didn't want to look at the notes. It was the first thing on the notes. (laughs) (laughs) This is called getting punked, right? (laughs) This is like an episode of punked. Have I changed my stance? So yeah, I became infamous because years ago for many things. But like one thing I did was write a a blog post, which I think still lives in Medium somewhere. It does. People like Maggie find it sometimes and then put it in my face. Uh, But I wrote this podcast about like, how did I frame the title? I said, basically my intent... It didn't come across. My intent was like that you don't need to get an MBA to start a business. And then I said that that I didn't want to hire product managers who were product managers, right? Yep. And I still stand by that, although obviously I have violated that many times now because um, I think it depends on your domain. And so like I had this like argument one time with uh, or discussion or uh, virtual one, which is my favorite. That's what introverts are good at uh, with uh, Josh Elway from LinkedIn, from Twitter, whatever, about like how I was saying, like, I didn't like hiring product managers because like it depends on your domain, right? Like, so like for me, it wasn't a successful thing because most of them were coming from different domains, different contexts, and there was not a lot of things that were reusable Mm -hmm. and everyone had a different definition of what a product manager was. And again, my context is I'm in Boston. I do a certain kind of thing, which is SaaS software. At the time that I was doing most of this hiring, there weren't people that didn't have that experience. And so I was like interviewing product managers who worked in hospitals and worked here and worked there. And and it was like, there was no transfer. And Josh argued the opposite, which I totally understand. But his context that he was coming from is like, well, if he's starting a social network, then I should hire, you know, at LinkedIn, I should hire people from Twitter and from Facebook. And I'm like, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. But like, I don't have that. Right. And mm-hmm. so like, it depends on your context. And so anyway, that's one angle. On MBA specifically, I have changed a lot. Because you have three of us. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Me, oh my Will, God. and Maria. So hardcore. <laughs> yes, I have. And I think, you know, again, it depends on the context. And so when I wrote that, and I still believe it is like, at the very early stages of starting a company, I didn't find it necessary to focus on someone with that skill set, although I did hire Will, right? So I violated that. But as we scale up in our company, now I'm like, oh, yeah, how do we hire lots of MBAs? Because like a lot of what they bring and their rigor and their skill set is totally applicable to this kind of stage right. of the business. Right? Yeah, that's fair. So, so it all depends. The answer is yep. I've learned over time is the only answer to every question in life is it depends. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that wasn't my real question, obviously. Okay. Yeah. My real question is, I want to get your advice on how we can be better product thinkers. Mm. I think there's a lot of things you can look up on the internet about tactics and frameworks and processes. But I feel like what I've been learning the most from working with you is how you think about products. Mm -hmm. So, like, what is your framework for making trade-offs between, you know, things like doing research and shipping, Mm -hmm. adding new features, using systems thinking? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. uh, Elias reminded me of something one of my rants that I've had for many years, but I forgot about it. It's been so long since I've said it yesterday because he brought it up. And it was this idea of you're too young. for. Do you remember what Mr. No, he doesn't. He's too young. Why are you looking at me? You know what? (laughs) Does anyone know who's listening to this podcast what Mr. Potato Head is? I had one. You had one? Yes. Yes. 
Dan definitely doesn't know what Mr. Potato Head is. I've seen Toy Story. I know Potato Head. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> That's the context. He saw Toy Story. That's how he yeah. knows. Okay. So Mr. Potato Head, when I was young, the commercial was on all the time, and we had this Mr. Potato Head. Uh-huh. And it was basically a toy that is the shape of a potato, and then you take different things, and you plug in the eyes and the hats and the ears and the whatever, and you create these different things. I find often, like, on your question about mental models and systems and frame, when it comes to products specifically, like, that we are good at, like, creating Mr. Potato Head or Frankenstein. And often people, like, we're always saying, like, copy or emulate or use a model, use a framework, like, use it. And uh, often the more technical you are, the more like a product person that you are for some reason. Mm -hmm. Like, we like to, like, take parts of things. And we'll often say like, oh, we're using this model, we're emulating this existing pattern, or Mm -hmm. we're like, you know, copying this thing. And then when you like double click on it, it's like you didn't actually copy the thing. You like selectively took a bit that you liked out of it. Mm -hmm. And then you hide behind, not you, but like we all hide behind like, oh yeah, we use this pattern. Like this, we did some research and we use this thing. It's like, no, you cherry picked things out of it. And so like my advice to people would be like, The benefit in using a model or using a role model or a mental model or framework is like actually use the thing. Like Mm -hmm. actually like if you're going to bother to do it, use 100% of it. Don't try to like revise it. Don't try to make it better, Mm -hmm. right? Build on top of it is different than revising and picking pieces out of it. And so we often do this kind of like Frankenstein thing. Often it is when you're emulating a visual model. Mm-hmm. Designers are really bad at this too. So like they'll use a, something and they'll say like, oh yeah, this is like just like this. And you look at it and you're like, this is nothing like this. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's totally like it. Look at this button over here. And it's like, no, you took a button yep. from it. Like that's not the model. What if you have, this is a situation mm-hmm. I've happened last week. <laughs> you have a role model Yep. for, you have a role model. Mm-hmm. But then you have another role model where you like the visual styling. Yes, better. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but the functionality mm-hmm. and the interactions of one are good, but mm-hmm. then the visual design mm-hmm. is different. Mm-hmm. Yes, that often happens. So if visual design, it depends on what we mean by visual design. If it's just like the skin of something or the, the aesthetics mm-hmm. of something. Yes, for the, then, this example, most oh, yeah. of that. Yeah. That one's easier because then it's like, okay, you can use that aesthetic mm-hmm. for it. But um, obviously, like, go for the aesthetic. But when it's like the experience, like the user experience and the way that it actually works, the interaction model, Mm -hmm. like that you can't like cherry pick the interaction model here and then the pattern here. Okay. And then I want to know specifically about systems thinking. Mm -hmm. I know that's something we have sort of talked about a couple of times. How should PMs be, like when someone says you should be doing systems thinking, like (laughs) what does that mean for your product? Yeah, 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 yeah. This one's like a hard one for me to explain because of my robotic nature. I think it comes comes naturally. It comes naturally to me, and I kind of I'm confused by people who don't think this way, who don't think like logically. Mm -hmm. You know, like Gabriel Weinberg just wrote a book called um, "The Mental Models," the big thinking Mm -hmm. book around mental models. That's not the title, but look it up. It's this big book, and it's about mental models, and I love it because it's about mental models, and it's all one big book. Anyway, he wrote a book called Traction before, and he had a bunch of startups. He's the founder of DuckDuckGo. It's a privacy-focused search engine. Got it. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, I knew him from years ago. But anyway, he wrote this book. It's great. It's got this mental models in it. And I think, you know, like the one that's at the very beginning, which is I think people often reference it is just like, but never really, I don't know, don't use it, which is just like first principles, like Mm -hmm. reduce things down. And he uses the old interview from Elon Musk and Kevin Rosen Foundation, which was like about lithium batteries and reducing it down to the, everyone 
probably knows this who's listening to this, reducing it down to the parts themselves and understanding what are the cost of the parts versus mm-hmm. what are the cost of the sum of the parts mm-hmm. today. And that kind of reduction, like going back, working like that is something like, I don't know, for some reason, like comes naturally to me and certain other people, but isn't a common trait. And I think that would be when I think about systems thinking, I'd take it from that angle, right? It's mm-hmm. not about applying... You shouldn't have to worry about all these different mental models. Like the fundamental one is this first principle model of like, what are the actual parts that are non, you know, or Bezos would say like, you know, like everything is is up for grabs except for the laws of physics, right? Mm -hmm. Like let's reduce it down to the things Mm -hmm. that are not changeable and Mm -hmm. everything else, understand the parts that go into something and then work up. So Mm -hmm. like a bottoms up approach to stuff. I think that's how I would recommend product managers to think about systems thinking Mm -hmm. instead of getting wound up in all these different models. Think about that first is, principle model. Is there a book for first principles? No, no, there isn't. I mean, uh, Peter Thiel mentions it in his okay. book. In this book, it's mentioned in there. And they all reference the same mm-hmm. examples, right? The Elon Musk example. And there's a couple other examples. But I think it's just, I don't know, this is why it's hard for me to explain. Someone should just write yeah. this. Often people, uh, oh, sorry to interrupt no. you, like often people use that frame, right? They say like first principles, but then like you dig in and they're like, what are you talking about? And, uh, yeah, because sure a lot of people is. talk about first principles, yeah, but then lot. it's like, all right, I'm going to do first principles. And mm-hmm. then they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> totally. go all the way down to the first principle. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know what I you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Just like reduce it yeah. to the parts. Right. I find that I see that in PMs when it's like they're making a choice, mm-hmm. but the choice that they're making is not the real problem that they're yeah. looking at. Mm-hmm. And so it's like learn to step back. And I think Teresa Torres has this amazing like opportunity problem framework yes. yep. where it's like yep. keep yep. stepping back and so you, mm-hmm. you get to the one problem you're looking at and not this like weird feature trade-off. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's almost, you know, the first principles thing is almost related to like the five whys to me of just yeah. like, keep asking why and reduce, reduce, reduce. I think, you know, Elias, again, I'll mention him, thinks this way. I think this way. I think we're also troublemakers, right? Like we're entrepreneurs, so we're default troublemakers, problem with authority, like we got all the classic traits. So we're always like, why, 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 why? Mm-hmm. And then come back to just like, you know, some fundamental thing that the person assumed of like, well, we can't possibly change this. And it's like, why not? Let's right. change that thing, right? And that's like reducing it down. So reduce it always down. Okay. So we're going to continue this discussion over on Insider. Oh, Insider. We are. But I have one last question for you. Sure. And this is from Tony. He wanted to know if you could ask Charlie Munger one question, what would it be? Oh, my God. Uh, will you be my uncle? <laughs> <laughs> will you doubt me? Be my uncle. My uh, long lost uncle. That's a great. Thank you, Tony, for that question. What would I ask Charlie Munger? Mm, I feel like I study him so much. I think I would want to understand, and I don't know how to frame the question, but I would want to understand, like, obviously, like, he's got this way of thinking and this kind of things that he references all the time. But what was the inception point? What was the failure point? Or what was the thing that got him to start down this path? He always mentions like the failure and like Mm -hmm. got tired of failing. But like, what was it that actually changed his way of thinking? Because there is like, if you read all his stuff about him, there is a point where like, he was more ego driven. Mm -hmm. And there was some failure point. I don't know what the failure point is. But Mm -hmm. I'd love to know like, what was the moment of like transition to Mm -hmm. this way of thinking? It's a good one. All right. Thanks. That is the end of the build episode. How do you get to Insider, though? www.drift.com slash insider and insider.drift.com. We'll continue this conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we need some reviews for mm-hmm. the podcast, too. Six stars. Six stars only. Leave some reviews for Maggie. We're going to do more of this on Insider. And Insider is this totally free community that we've created where we publish things that you cannot 
get anywhere else. And all you need to do is go there, sign up for a free account. That's it. And you can watch all these videos and watch Maggie Drop Science. Yep. Thanks. Thanks. 